everyone, I'm Sarah Ellis, one of the co-hosts of the Squiggly Careers podcast. This episode is part of our Ask the Expert series. Each week we're interviewing a different expert from around the world, focusing on one particular skill that we think will help you to be your best at work and also look after your mental health in the months ahead. There's going to be some really brilliant conversations, lots of insights from people like Simon Sinek on purpose, Amy Edmondson on psychological safety and Holly Tucker on creativity. And all our episodes in the Ask the Expert series have been really kindly supported by the Booper UK Foundation. They're a charity and their purpose is to help people live longer, healthier and happier lives. They fund really practical projects that have a positive impact on people's mental well-being. So things like workshops for educators like teachers, they work with Mind and do some brilliant work for young people with online resources and they fund community mental well-being projects. And in this podcast you'll hear me talking to Rich Pearson, the co-founder of Headspace, all about mindfulness and meditation. What I really loved about this conversation is how practical and realistic Rich is with his advice on how we can all make meditation part of our day-to-day lives. I really hope you enjoy the episode and I'll be back at the end to let you know who we have coming up next. Personally, I've been a really big fan of Headspace for a long time now. Actually, Rich and I met quite a few years ago as Headspace was really just starting out. So I've really seen the kind of positive impact that mindfulness can have and just how much of a kind of useful tool or technique it can be as part of making all of our work lives a bit better. So Rich, I'm really going to start with the basics for everybody so that we're all at a kind of even keel. Let's just understand first, like, what is mindfulness? Because I think not everyone will be clear about when we say mindfulness, what do we actually mean? Yeah, good question. I also just want to separate out meditation and mindfulness. The best way to think about mindfulness is the ability to be present in the moment, free from distraction, with a kind of open mind and a kind heart. Like That's the best way to kind of think about it. However, they're just words. You have to practice. It's like anything, you know. And meditation is actually the skill that you need to practice in order to be more mindful throughout your life. And those things often get kind of entwined. The best way I would think about it is, it's kind of like fitness. In order to increase aerobic fitness, you need to run. And I think that you need to practice meditation in order to become more mindful. So that's the easiest way that someone's explained it to me, that I understand at least. Before we get into kind of how you might start and what you might do, let's just discuss a little bit about how it helps. So why did you decide to start an app that was all about mindfulness and helping people to learn to meditate? Well, I think you have to start with the importance of the mind as the core component of your health, which is the way that we think about it, which is if you think about your mind, it's the thing that you experience absolutely every single thing through your emotions, your positive experiences, your negative experiences and how healthy your mind is, is how skillfully you can go through those situations. Like life is going to happen to us, mostly out of our control most of the time. And the situation that we find ourselves in now is a classic example of that. And so we believe that if you can train your mind and you can look after it in a preventative way, you have a much, much better chance of being able to navigate the ups and downs of life as and when they kind of happen. And, you know, meditation is a really useful skill that has been scientifically proven to help you with those things. And if you start the practice, you may feel more relaxed, you may feel more calm, you may feel less stressed, less anxious. But really, they're kind of byproducts. 
And they're great things to happen, but I think what happens is most people go into starting a meditation practice expecting those things to happen immediately. And because <laughs> they don't, they give up. Or like they either think it's about stopping thoughts or they think it's about being relaxed. And unfortunately, I promise you, if you go into it with that, you're going to be really, really disappointed. And that's why most people say, I can't do it. I haven't got time. There's no benefit in it. It's because they have a very warped perception of what it's going to do. I don't want to say that it's not going to do those things for you, but I think it's really, really important that you go into it thinking, I'm a beginner. It's a new skill. I'm going to learn it and it's going to take me a while. And to go into it with that way of thinking, that really help folks that are just starting out. We often describe to our listeners the importance of being work in progress, of kind of having this continual like learning mindset. And, you know, it is annoying, but there's no silver bullet. Like with any of these things, like the more you practice, the more momentum you get. And so if somebody is starting, where might be the best place to start? If you're thinking at the moment, I'm going to either give it a go again or start for the first time. And you talked to me before about, you know, you've been through this journey. You were a beginner once too. What helps people at the start? Well, the first thing is to have that, the right understanding around how to set up a meditation practice, which is related to what I was saying before, which is do not go into it thinking that you're going to stop your thoughts, you're going to become calm, you're going to become like, you need to get rid of all of that. You need to go into it. And you mentioned it around learning, which is this idea of a beginner's mind, which is that every day you show up and practice and it the situation and the practice can be different every single time. That is really, really important. So that's the first thing. Second thing is to be very clear about why you're doing it. So why are you actually wanting to do this? Is it because you want to be less stressed? Is it because you want to sleep better, improve relationships? It doesn't really matter why, but being clear about your intention, because that will then link back to the intrinsic motivation to help you continue with it. The third thing is just we are taught that the harder we try at things, the better the results. And this is the, <laughs> yeah. this is the complete opposite of that, which is really difficult <laughs> for people to get their heads around. Like the harder you try, the worse it will become. Like the more effort you put in, the harder the experience will be. And so that's a very challenging concept for folks to kind of get their heads around. And the other thing that I would say is it's really difficult to create any new habit and any new routine and you know the science that's out there behavioral science will say anything between 30 and 60 days it takes to build a new habit but one thing i think is really useful is to try and couple it with an already existing habit if you want to meditate in the morning maybe you do it before your cup of coffee or after your cup of coffee or before your shower or after your... couple it to something that you already do every single day and start off little and often You don't have to Mm -hmm. go and, you know, do it every day for an hour. Otherwise, you're a failure. You know, try and do it for five minutes a day, three times a week. Like, I think that's a really good place to start and build it up. I think the running analogy is my favorite one, which is, you know, if you've never run before, you wouldn't go and run a marathon, you know. (laughs) That is not where you would start. You would build it up. But for some reason... With meditation, people have these very grand ideas of where they want to be immediately, which I think is is not helpful. <laughs> well, I think perhaps it's because we, like you say, I think we think of our bodies and our minds as very different things, whereas actually just like we have to look after our physical health, we have to look after our mental health. I think that idea of routines and rituals, so anything that you've already got in place that you can just anchor trying some meditation too I think is a really good place to start but I think you have got to be prepared to experiment 
and play and not give yourself a hard time because this isn't something that's familiar to lots of us and it's something you kind of have to find a way of making it work for you I think. And so you've done lots of work through Headspace with organisations, with people using kind of more meditation practices at work. So people investing in the app for their employees. Why do you think it's kind of resonated so well at work? What what have you seen in terms of kind of some of the benefits or some of the stories perhaps that you've heard from organisations where it's kind of worked really well? Yeah, I really struggle with the there's work life and there's home life that there's somehow yeah. these these different lives <laughs> yeah. that we lead like we put on a different hat and we go into a building all of a sudden we become a different person I think it's just life for better or for worse we spend most of our time at work and a lot of our stress or unhappiness or happiness can be derived from our experience through work for those of us that are in employment and so I think the way that we think about it is this kind of whole person health the way that you sleep, the way that you move, the way that you eat, they're really important factors in your overall health. And I think what you're seeing is, you know, I think before COVID, this was a really big conversation. So mental health amongst most organisations was a discussion topic. I would say that it's accelerated the conversation and brought the level of the conversation into every single boardroom. And we've seen that. So whereas before it was maybe not at that level, not being talked about in every board meeting, I guarantee you from the conversations that we've been having with some of the largest companies in the world, it's very much at that level. And I think the feedback that we get from folks is they want something that's measurable. And the good news is that one, meditation is very measurable, but two, Headspace has got more evidence than any other mental performance product out there. And so that has enabled us to have a different type of conversation because then you can start to show that you can actually potentially reduce healthcare costs. It's the right thing to do for your employees, but it's also, it delivers business outcomes. And I think you're seeing those two worlds come together in a a rate that we haven't seen before. And I think a lot of that has been just driven by the situation we find ourselves in now. So if someone is listening to us now and thinking, okay, right, they've persuaded me, where would you suggest kind of somebody starts in terms of, does someone need to use an app? Are there other things that are good for people to read, watch and listen to? If you're kind of really starting off with this kind of beginner's mindset, what should people kind of practically do that you think can be really helpful? A really important thing is to find a teacher that you connect to. You know, like authentic expertise is a really important part of the Headspace platform. Like you can trace back our content two and a half thousand years. Like it's been in an unbroken lineage for that amount of time. And I think, you know, Andy is the true authentic expert in meditation, I think speaks to the fact that, you know, there's 70 million people on the platform, but I'm sure he wouldn't be for everyone either. And so I think Mm. you've got to work out who do you connect with? Because I think it's really, really important. Like I connected with Andy on a personal level before there was an app and I trusted him as my teacher to teach me meditation. And he delivers it in a way that's with confidence because he's actually he's experienced what he's teaching he hasn't just he's not reading it or making it up I think that transmits in the audio so I think that's really important I think the other thing is be easy on yourself my experience was I was very very hard on myself when I first started because I I didn't feel like I could do it and I still do that today right I think we all do it be a bit kind with yourself as you start off on this journey and know that it's a it could be a lifelong practice and just to start off small without huge expectations and then I think you'll see really incredible results. So we always finish all of our guest interviews by asking you to share 
more generally your best piece of career advice. So this could be advice you've been given that's really stuck with you over the years or just your own words of wisdom that you'd like to share with our listeners. One of my favourite pieces of advice I've ever been given, which is more about life, but I think it does play into business as well. Well, there's two. First one is a Tibetan quote, which I just love, which is, it's only worth doing if it's impossible. And then the other one is something that Sir John Hegarty told me once, which is, do interesting things and interesting things are happening to you, which I I really, really love. They're kind of quite linked. They're in the same kind of sphere, but I, I always try and zoom out to those things whenever I'm feeling in the minutiae of problems and they help me see through i hope you enjoyed that episode with rich i know i really enjoyed the conversation and got a lot from it in our next episode you'll hear helen talking to simon sinek about purpose if you're not one of the 50 million people who've watched simon's ted talk he's an author and a speaker who talks about the power of starting with the why about how motivating and propelling it is to understand our purpose and and how do you discover that. I'm really excited to hear that conversation. I was so delighted that he said yes to being part of the series. And I'll be honest, a little bit jealous that it was Helen who got to do the interview and have the conversation. So I'm looking forward to listening as much as you all are. As a reminder, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us on Instagram at AmazingIf, where we do daily career tips and share lots about the work that we're doing and where you can get more career content. And you can always email us at getintouch@amazingif.com. Thanks so much for listening and we'll speak to you again soon. Bye for now.